This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. This is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. Welcome back to Main Corpse. I am your co-host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey, the other co-host. And tonight... Uh, we, or today, whatever time it is, we're filming at night and I keep saying tonight, so or recording at night because I'm an idiot. Uh, but Brittany, you can cut that out if you want to. If not, leave it in. It's, uh, it's charming, I guess. So <laughs> <laughs> on this episode, um, I'm a little tongue tied because we have got an astounding episode and I, I literally cannot wait to get into it. I came out of nowhere, so we had like kind of an emergency recording session just to talk about it. But it worked out well, because we are actually going to be covering a story that we've already covered before, because there is a massive, massive update, and we'll get to that here in just a minute. But we did something a little different tonight, since we already covered this once, Kelsey made something instead. I did, and... If you guys want to join us, we're going to have a small video up on TikTok, and you can see how I made this. And um, you can find me at um, Main Corpse Kelsey on TikTok. And there are literally only this video and one other really shitty one. So <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy it. They're going to get better and better as we uh, as we use the TikTok more. I certainly hope so. I feel like an old man standing the TikTok. <laughs> the TikTok and the Walmart. The Walmart. So explain what you made. Okay, so I saw this video on TikTok, and I am going to tag the creator that made it. I don't remember offhand who he is, but it is a mac and cheese. And I am super excited to try it. I made a couple of adjustments just because, not to be cocky, but I went to culinary school and I made some decisions. <laughs> um, I love it. So, I, it smells so good. It looks so good. Are you ready to dig in? I, I'm dying to try it. All right, let's go. Okay, let's do this. I helped a little. He did. A lot, I, actually. I shredded, uh, how many pounds of cheese? I don't have my own video. Oh, my God. I think some of my decisions were totally worth it. Okay, I'm really not over-exaggerating when I say this. That's one of the best mac and cheeses I've ever had. I love that the cheese just kind of like strings up. Yeah, that is astounding. Um, It is. Mm -hmm. So you'll see in the video, the way she made it is you make your cheese sauce Mm -hmm. and you layer it and... You know, have you've had mac and cheese before where people bake it and it uh-huh. absorbs all the cheese sauce mm-hmm. and it's just terrible and like mm-hmm. super dry. This is the opposite of all of that. The 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 pasta is perfect and I am a snob when it comes to my pasta being al dente. It has to be just right. Like when I'm making it, I'll stand over it and I'll try a piece. Mm-hmm. 30 seconds later, I'll try a piece until it is just where I want it and then I'll pull it off. You kicked this thing's ass. It's it was really very good. good. And honestly, like, had I not made it, I wouldn't believe there was mustard and hot sauce in it. Yeah, it. I would use so much more mustard. And so much more hot sauce. Yeah. This would make a stellar buffalo mac and cheese. Oh, it would be perfect for it. This is perfect for any type of, like, mac and cheese bowl. Any like type of Nashville mac and cheese. Like a hot chicken bowl. Anything you're going to put yeah. mac and cheese with. Perfect. Mm. This is super good, though. Oh, it's so good. Okay, I'm going to eat a bunch of that. All right, <laughs> gonna, awesome. I'm going to make a genuine ass out of myself with that. That's, uh, that's outstanding. All right, so um, 
great job. This is this Thank is you. new for us. We'll put pictures up. Yeah, we'll definitely. also uh, you'll be able to see the TikTok once it's up. Yeah, Britt and uh, I are gonna have to piece Brittany, it together and make sure it doesn't look and sound like shit. Once poor Brittany does that and edits the entire episode, the TikTok will be up probably sometime hey. later this week. Hey, we're the uh, we're the creatives. We don't we don't edit. <laughs> We're the the idea people, okay? We're the big idea people. Just call me an ad man, you know? (laughs) This is good. (laughs) Brittany's the one who just looks at our ideas and is like, what the hell did you, what were you thinking? I feel so bad. We've given her so much. We've given her such a list this week. And we're like, can you make it work? And she's like, well, of course I can, but what is this? You're you're insane. My favorite is she was on vacation completely out of state. Mm -hmm. And we were literally sending her lists of stuff. Like, hey, can you do this? Here's like 15 things I need you to look at. Yeah, she's like, she's like, yeah. As soon as I get back from doing all the stuff with my family, I'll get right on it. And then she totally did. So she did. She's amazing. All right. So shout out to Brittany. Um, shout out to Kelsey. This that's absolutely stunning. That's Thank the you. best mac and cheese we've had on the show, and we've had a few. Have we? Yeah, we definitely had the one from the TNM. Barbecue, the TM. Yeah. Did we have another one? I thought we had at least one more. Either way. This Doesn't is matter. This is fantastic. Really <laughs> All right. So you ready to get into uh, the, the, the story for tonight? I don't think so, but I think we better. All right. Perfect. Now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about our crime for tonight. And this is going to be a little bit different. This is going to be a little bit different. We have an update on... And we are so excited that we have an update. This is this is crazy. This is, uh, this is crazy good news. Um... If you consider something like this to be good news, to me it is. To me it's a good thing. I like that, closure. Yeah. So think all the way back to 2021, the very first episode of Main Corpse. At this point, still our highest um, highest listenership was on that very first episode. So hopefully everybody who listened to that episode will also check out this one. Um, we have got an update on the Camp Scott Girl Scout murders. And it's a big, big update. So, again, you guys likely remember the story of Camp Scott uh, that we discussed back in that very first episode. It feels like it was forever ago. And it, it hasn't wasn't, even been a year. It wasn't even a year, but it I feels know. like it was so long ago. Well, again, this week something major happened with this case. Um, so I want to give a huge shout out to a friend of mine, Sherry Curtis. Um, she's a really good friend of the show. She literally goes on all of those true crime groups on like Facebook and stuff. And in her in her words, she says, I pimp you guys out all over those places. <laughs> so thank you, Sherry. Uh, we love you. Thank you for being the first to bring this uh, to my attention. Um, she sent me an article claiming that this case had been solved. Should we do just a little bit of a synopsis of what that first episode that's what's, was? That's what's up next here in just one second. So See, this is what happens when we don't tell each other what we're doing. <laughs> so big shout out to Sherry again for being the first to bring this to our attention. So before we get into the details of the update, let's recap what we should already know about these murders. So the Oklahoma Girl Scout murders, or what's known as the Camp Scott Girl Scout murders, if you, you may have heard of it that way, um, is a crime that occurred on the overnight and on the morning of June 13th, 1977 at Camp Scott in Mays County, Oklahoma. Um, the victims were three Girl Scouts between the ages of 8 and 10. We're going to talk more about them very shortly, I promise. Um, they were raped and murdered, and it was grisly. 
Um, it was very, very, very um, tough for me to do that first episode, to be honest with you. It really bothered me. And when it bothered me that much, I knew I needed to talk about it. So I did. Um, I mean, it, it really it really got under my skin. Um, their bodies have been left on a trail leading to the showers about 150 yards uh, from their tent at the summer camp. The case was classified as solved only recently. Okay. And again, we're going to get into that classification here in a moment because there's some misinformation about it being solved. Uh, but it, they claim that it's solved. And we're going to get into who did it here in just a moment. So during the original trial, the main suspect was a, uh, was a person named Gene uh, Leroy Hart. Um, he was a local uh, member of the Cherokee Nation. He had a history of violence and was arrested about a year after the original, after the murders originally happened. Um, he was tried in March of 1979 and was acquitted. Um, he died in June of the same year. But at that time, he was actually still serving a 308-year sentence. He, he still had 305 years left to serve. Um, he had been found guilty of raping two pregnant women and four counts of aggravated burglary. So <clears throat> there's that. And, and he was tried, but ultimately acquitted uh, back in 1979. For Families specifically the Camp Scott murders, yes. not, not the other thing. He yep, did do that. He did definitely do that, yes. Families of the victims actually went on to sue the owners of the camp for negligence, uh, but that ultimately failed as well. So if you want more information about the murders... Uh, please remember, go back and check out that first episode. It's a pretty short listen, um, and it's very much on brand for us. We, we kind of <laughs> do it the same way we do every other episode. So if you're a little bit newer and you haven't gone back and dipped your toes in that water, we highly recommend it because that first episode was, was actually a very good episode. I really was really proud of that one, so check it out. Me too. I, yeah. I go back and listen to all of our episodes once they're up just so that I can, you know, make sure that the listeners are hearing solid solid shows i don't want anybody to be listening to something that sucks right like yeah. and if, if it sucked we would take it down i promise We'd yeah, be like, I yeah mean, we suck let's stop there have been a couple of times where i was like oh the audio there's not great but like never once have i been like oh this is horrible and i wouldn't listen to it if it was a podcast yeah same so. same and i i don't do what you do like once it's up i'm like jobs jobs done time to walk away <laughs> So let's let's jump back in here. If you guys will go back and listen to that first episode, the reason I'm pushing you to is because we talked a lot about Hart. Um, if you remember, uh, if you did listen to that episode, the local authorities went about attempting to con convince Hart in a very suspicious way. I am not going to shy away from saying that. When you read the original um, attempts to convict him, it was very suspicious. The way that they, they tried to, to put the murder on him. Um, I will say still to this day, uh, the sheriff at the time making the statement that he is 1000% guilty without any evidence to base it on, uh, just because he had had prior, um, crimes that were very severe. Again, uh, he, he was, he was found guilty of raping two pregnant women. Um, so that automatically put him in their sights, but I still, to this day, feel like that was, um, that was pretty crazy. The Some way of it they... might have been staged. I don't... Yeah, who knows? So many people, ourselves included, um, felt that race definitely played a role in him being named a suspect. Um, Hart was a member of the Cherokee Nation, like I said, and claimed several times that authorities were trying to, quote, pin it um, on him. 
So at the time of the murder, my understanding is the only DNA evidence that was included in the case was a sperm sample that could have only come from 0.0020% of the U.S. population. In other words, they could not match it directly to him, but... Mm -hmm. The sample that they took from him versus the sample from the crime scene, those two samples could have only come from 0.0020% of the U.S. population. Well, and that's based on the um, the DNA testing they had Correct. at the time. At the time. Which yep. was about that good. Yeah, was which was about as good as you could get it back then. Yeah. No other DNA evidence was introduced mainly due to the fact that analysis would have been in its infancy at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, DNA was obviously collected at the scene of the crime, but it would be years before anyone would be able to conduct any sort of um, obviously modern testing on the DNA samples. Okay. So if I'm mentioning that already, you guys know this is going somewhere. Um, ten years after the trial, in 1989, DNA testing was conducted that showed three of the five probes matched Hart's DNA. Statistically, DNA from one in 7,700 Native Americans would, uh, would contain those exact same results. So again, inconclusive. Very, very likely from him, but still inconclusive. So my question here is, how much sample did they collect? Well, we're going to get into that here in just another moment because apparently there were DNA, there there was DNA evidence all over that crime scene. Oh, and they collected a lot. So I, once apparently you used it, it's gone. they collected a lot because we're going to get Gross. into more of that here in just a moment. <laughs> yeah. So again, they this was not conclusive enough to where anyone felt that they could successfully lay the crime at the feet of Hart in two thousand eight. Authorities conducted another DNA test on stains found on a pillowcase, the result of which proved inconclusive because the samples were too deteriorated to obtain a DNA profile. Um, at the time, this seemed like it was kind of the end of the road. From my understanding, from what I was reading, um, most of the families of these girls, most of the people who were close to the crime at that time, uh, pretty much gave up hope after the 2008 results showed inconclusive. Uh, so, again, something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, again, at that time, they kind of felt like they were at the end of the road. Um, they thought that at this point, any chance of solving the crime was likely on someone either stepping forward with new evidence or information. Um, someone who had witnessed it but didn't want to speak up at the time is, is all they could really hope for. Um, considering that we're looking at a crime that was over 30 years old at that time, again, chances would be astronomically slim. Right. But... Slim means there's still a chance. Okay. Okay. So in 2017, $30,000 in donations were raised by the sheriff of Mays County in order to do new DNA testing. Is this the same sheriff? Um, this is not. This is okay. not. We're going to get into who the current sheriff is. Okay. So the sheriff's office did raise $30,000 to have some new DNA tests done using the latest advances in testing. The sheriff's office of Mays County undertook the newest round of testing and investigations uh, due to the prodding of the mother of Lori Farmer, one of the three victims. Right. So Lori Farmer's mother went to the current sheriff and kind of poked and prodded and pushed until he opened up the case again, essentially. Not opened it necessarily, but started researching it again. And he went for about nine years researching it from 2008 to 2017 when he finally mm -hmm. started raising the money to have the DNA tests done. 
Now in 2022, literally just a couple days ago, uh, at the time of this recording, Mays County Sheriff Mike Reed says the newest DNA evidence would convict one person of the crime. And it is Gene Leroy Hart. That's amazing. Yep. That's literally amazing. Yeah. So, you know, the newest round of testing, basically they're saying that had they had those test results Uh at the time of his original trial, there is without a shadow of a doubt, there's not a shadow of a doubt that it would have convicted Gene Leroy Hart. Really? Yes. Huh. All right, so we have more details than that, so I'm going to get into them. Okay. And I'm going to tell you guys right now that while that feels really good to say out loud, that they that they are pretty sure they have them, please remember, temper your expectations, because even the sheriff of Mays County is trying to tell you to do that at this point. Okay. Um, so at this point, details are slim about how DNA definitively ties Hart to the triple homicide. So again, they have not released much detail on how it ties them, what the DNA evidence was that they used, anything like that. But Sheriff Reed is asserting that there is no room for doubt that Hart was the person responsible. At the time, to- at this time, Reed is maintaining that he had, uh, sorry, is maintaining that had this science been available at the time of the initial trial, Hart would have been found guilty. We have a few quotes from Reed uh, for a little bit of perspective here. So this is the first quote that I have from Sheriff Reed. Okay. I pray that there's something that we've done that gives families a second of something that even resembles closure or acceptance. Um, or something, but as far as peace, there is absolutely nothing about this case that has given me one second of peace, period. So, yeah, I, I mean, again, if you go back and listen to that first episode, or, you know, don't even go listen to the first episode. Go go Google it and just read a couple seconds of this crime, and you'll understand how horrendous this really was. Yeah. Um, that first episode, again, I, I, had, I, I, I wrestled with that one for a bit when I was reading it. Um, it was, it was rough. So it should be noted that this new evidence does not officially close the case. Okay. So here's why. As the other agencies involved, as well as the parents and families of the victim need to see the evidence, um, and accept the findings before they can officially close everything. Okay. Uh, pertaining to this, Reed posted on a Girl Scout Murders Cold Case Research Facebook page. So Reed has actually gone on there and posted something. I need to clarify some misinformation, or I will clarify some misinformation. The case will not be closed unilaterally by any one investigative agency um, and will only be closed when the families, OSBI, um, the sheriff's office and the district attorney's office all agree to do so. So before they are going to close the case, they are all going to have to come to a consensus that the DNA evidence is enough of a match, whatever this evidence is, that it is um, satisfactory to close the case. So we are not out of the woods on this one yet because <laughs> there's something else you should hear. There are still other suspects. Which is kind of hard to what? believe. There are still other suspects. I don't know who they are. Um, there apparently is an article somewhere. And I'll be honest with you guys. I had to throw this together quickly. I did not get to go read it. There is an article that outlines who the other suspects are. 
So there are still other suspects, and DNA evidence from those suspects is being or has already been analyzed. So more could come out about this. Um, so there is still a slim chance that we could see something new in the coming months and years, but it seems like this one is closer than ever to finally being solved. Amazing. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people, when I read online, that assert there's no way he did it alone. That's the other thing. I was just about to ask. Yeah. That's the other thing that should probably be mentioned. Now, again, I have not heard anything from an official source, like the sheriff's office. The, yeah, the, this is just like Reddit That is just Reddit saying, hey, look at the... But look at what he did here. How could he have kept them quiet while he was committing these crimes? How could he have done this, this, and this? So the chances are there that there could have been somebody else involved with it. So throwing that out there could be potentially possible. Huh. So remember, take all of this with a grain of salt and understand that while it is very close to being solved, and while we may want to start celebrating the closure of one of arguably one of the most famous cold cases in America right now, um, it's getting a lot over the past couple of years. It's been getting a lot of exposure. We're not quite there yet, and there's still work that has to be done. So I would say at this point, do the sheriff's department a favor. Don't badger them while they are finishing the wrapping this whole thing up. Because apparently they still have work to do. If the sheriff is going on a Facebook page to officially make that announcement, he is telling people, calm down. And there could be some some fire where that smoke is. So let that, let that stay there. So now I do feel like we should talk about the way we reported this case the first time. <laughs> Um, I, I, I do think it's important to clarify a few things because if you listened to our first episode and now you're listening to this one, you're, some of you guys may listen to it and have some thoughts or opinions about the way that we treated Hart as a suspect. And I want to explain personally how I feel about the judicial system and why I, why I kind of reacted to it initially the way that I did. I know this is cliche, but it's true. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty. And until this point, there was not sufficient evidence to prove Hart was guilty. I just want to throw that out there. Even though the new evidence supports the fact that Hart is the chief suspect. Because again, at this point, guys, still a suspect. It is not 100% sure. If you go on Wikipedia and look, it's going to tell you this is a solved case. The sheriff's office is telling you... Stop it. Stop it. Because we did not say it's closed. We said that he would have been convicted. And they made sure to point out that there are still other suspects. So there could be more to this, okay? So keep that in mind. I still feel that race and a certain amount of prejudice played a role in the original apprehension and trial of Hart. I'm not going to back down from that. Um, he was a Native American man in the south in the 1970s and and at the time the local sheriff's office went after him very very vigorously um and made some statements that could have potentially turned jurors against him um and and that kind of is still an issue to me 
even though we have new evidence now, I, I still think that everyone deserves a fair trial. And when you have a sheriff who's coming out saying that someone is 1000% guilty before all of the evidence is out there, that could lead to some serious consequences. And just because we have now found out that he was guilty of it does not make that okay. Or is potentially guilty of it. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I realize that I badger a little bit <laughs> as far as it come, goes Yeah, when it comes to um, the police and other forces of that nature. And that's probably just my generation. But here's the thing. I can't be a person who feels as though I am trying to do my best to be inclusive and care about people as people and assume somebody is guilty or is not guilty just based on race, religion, any of it. Um, and here's the thing. Matt had time to think about what he was going to say, and I sure didn't. <laughs> um, but the way this case was handled initially, I still feel was completely inappropriate and not okay, and definitely was seen through a veil of racism, and that also wasn't okay. And that actually makes it, I think, worse that he is guilty, possibly, more than likely, because there are people out there like me who are going to look at it and say, well, he's been accused because of the color of his skin and not because he's genuinely guilty. And that's that's the kind of police work that makes people look at police the way people look at them. Yeah, and to piggyback on that, the police work that we're now seeing out of the current Mays County Sheriff's Amazing. Office is astounding. So for every bit of... For every bit of shade I may throw at at, at investigators and police officers, when you do a good job, you will always get praise from me. Um, fantastic. And to the families who will finally get some closure, um, I'm glad that you got it. And I hope that you truly understand why we're saying what we're saying. All we want, are, all we want in, in our country is a fair system that lets every potential person who may have committed a crime be truly innocent until they are proven beyond a shadow of a doubt to be guilty um that's all i'm asking for when they're found guilty that's fine you can do a told you so dance all day long but i just refuse to to jump on that oh, i'm not gonna bad mouth anyone i'm not gonna I choose not to to jump on the same bandwagon that a lot of major network television shows do for ratings um, and 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 try to say that someone is guilty when the evidence isn't there. That is that is poisonous to me, and I refuse to do it. All right, I think we got on our soapbox. <laughs> we did. I told, I warned you. I texted her earlier and said, <laughs> by the way, going to get on my soapbox a little bit. So remember, guys, evidence speak volumes, speaks volumes, and now there's enough to say that Hart likely committed this crime. And maybe those families can close the book on this one and start to move on 45 years after it happened. I genuinely do. I wish them the best. I hope that they can get over it. I mean, it hurt me before, but yeah. now I'm a mom. And I just can't even begin to imagine what they went through. Yeah. So it's it's heartbreaking for me, and I can't imagine 
how it feels to be them. So I hope that they are able to move on. I really do. And so, find some semblance. The last thing I want to do is I want to say three names. Um, Lori Farmer, eight years old. Michelle Goose, I hope I say your last name right. I got it wrong before, I believe. Nine. Doris Miller, ten. Remember, right this second, all three of these girls will be in their 50s right now. They would probably have families, children, grandchildren, grandchildren getting ready for Mother's Day. They don't get that. But now we may finally know who did it. So there's that. I just, I'm glad they found some sort of justice. It doesn't feel like justice. It really doesn't, does it? It really kind of sucks. Yeah. So you know where you can find us at this point. Listen to our podcast. We're on Spotify. We're on Anchor. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're not on Facebook Podcast anymore because those jerks took that away. Yeah, but we are still on iHeartRadio, even though he forgets it every I week. I always do. I always forget it. So, stay creepy, and remember, um, life is super fragile, and appreciate it every day. All right, guys. Have a good one.